three. Oh shit, I started. Oh. <laughs> well. Hello and welcome to QSAC to the Future. We are your hosts. I'm Grace. I'm John. And we are sharing our love for QSAC and dissecting his career one movie at a time. Yeah. And this week, we did, if not my all time favorite, Gross Point Blank. Yep. And this is your first QSAC movie, right? Yeah. I. I don't really think I knew who Cusack was before I stumbled upon this VHS. <laughs> What's a VHS? I have no clue. Some magnetic tape that apparently <laughs> holds everything in your life. It's just, it was amazing. So I was um working at Roundtable? I want to say it's Roundtable. Because mm-hmm. I forgot what job I had before that. Oh, The Gap. I might have been at The Gap. Because it was a mall. So, I probably did this on my break and just kind of went into the Blockbuster. Mm -hmm. And just was looking for things to buy. Because, you know, they they had like that $3, $5 bin or whatever. I think they had like a pick three for $10. So, I think I picked up like, I don't even remember the other two videos that I got. And those other movies don't matter. Yeah. But I saw... I saw this really cute cover, and it had some white man, and then it had Mimi Driver, and I really liked Mimi Driver. So I was like, oh, this looks fun, and I picked it up, and it said something about, like, a a hitman goes back mm-hmm. home, and I was like, sold. Yeah, you got me. Is it the, the what, just the cover of them just standing there? Yeah, and they're, like, looking at each other, or mm-hmm. he's looking at us, and she's looking at him. It's really cute. Yeah. I'm going to gush a lot about this movie and my voice might go into like you know when you see a puppy and you start just gushing over the puppy and you have no control of your your like dog voice that's yeah. pretty much what i'm gonna do so i'm sorry listeners it's appropriate if start, response if i start speaking in decibels that humans can't hear it's okay it's not for them <laughs> it's for us <laughs> so what about you how'd you get into this one um, for me, this was my second Cusack movie. Uh, I, for me, the first one was High Fidelity. I like for me when I was uh, in high school, that's when I uh, discovered Cusack. I would either be one of two stores after school. I'd either go to the comic book store. Or I would go to Fye at the mall, and then it's either I was looking for a new comics to read or a new movie to watch. And I was just not really kind of like you. I just I didn't know what I would want to watch i would just try different things Mm -hmm. different movies and stuff and then i saw high fidelity i saw that it was about a breakup at that time i was going through a high school breakup so i was like i need to see sadness so i watched high fidelity i was like this is really fucking good this is really funny and i was like i really like cusack he has a good name so i saw (laughs) you were named after him so of course yeah i was a very good choice for my parents um so i i saw high fidelity i was like what else did this dude do so this was my second movie and i was like hitman badass yeah so yeah because i think right after gross point then i then i saw high fidelity and i was like this guy's brilliant yeah yeah so this to me is like one of my favorite movies um but yeah it's uh not uh not one that i watch as frequently as high fidelity uh, cause I watch high fidelity like every, um, year 
almost i feel oh, like i was i was gonna say every couple of months because for me like i just i'm like i need i don't know if i need a good cry or uh-huh. if i need like just some validation about some stuff in my life or i'm like <laughs> i just want to see him yell at various famous women <laughs> you yeah. know i was just... like god this movie yeah it's so good yeah so I don't see it as frequently as High Fidelity, but every time I do see this, I'm just like, fuck, this is great. <laughs> so I am very excited to talk about high, uh, Gross Point Blank with you. Today, yeah. Well, I, had, I, I, this haven't, is I haven't seen one of your it favorites. in a few years. So it was just like, mm-hmm. it, like when everything started coming back to me, I was like, oh my God, I love this movie so fucking much. It's so fucking good. It's, it's just like so for, time. for the people who haven't seen it, it is about, it is about, it's about a hitman. <laughs> I, I can't speak. Uh, but it's about a hitman who is going back to his small town after, for is a 10-year reunion. Is it it's, small because they're in Detroit? I don't know, geography. <laughs> it looks like a small Detroit town. Detroit is not small, bro. <laughs> it's in a town that is in Detroit. Uh, so he goes back. Uh, for his high school reunion, and then there, uh, we find out that um, he just kind of disappeared uh, mm-hmm. when during high school. He just vanished. He was supposed to take this girl to prom, who he was dating, and just disappeared. And then there's some stuff about like Dan Aykroyd trying to start like this hitman union. There's like some government agents following him, waiting for him to kill someone so they could kill him, right? Yeah, I just, I'm also really dumb. So Gross Point is an actual place. <laughs> it's a real place? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I was oh. like, they kept talking about Detroit, and I'm like, it, and I know it's not in Detroit, but it's like near Detroit. So yeah, it's suburban. Gross Point, Michigan. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eastern suburb of Metro Detroit. Okay, yeah, I take everything back. It is a somewhat suburban Small town. town. Small town, yeah. I didn't know it was real. Sorry, people <laughs> of Gross Point or fans of Michigan. <laughs> uh, our apologies here at uh, Cusack to the Future for not knowing that you're a real place. Well, the thing is, is like I don't believe anything in movies. So, yeah. This is like to me, everything is like Gotham or Metropolis. I'm like, none of this is real. <laughs> they were saying stuff about. To- like things in Detroit, and I was like, "Oh, is it in Detroit though?" But yeah, okay, pay attention better next time since this is your favorite movie, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> but um, this mo- <laughs> this movie, um, I I was as uh, as this movie was opening, I got very excited because I did see that he was one of the writers for this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, oh, cool. And then as the credits progressed, I saw more and more of his friends' names pop up in the credits. I was yeah. like, Piven, his sister. I was like, awesome. <laughs> get, get, get everyone in this, Kisak. So, um, like, like I said in the last episode, that's when you know it's going to be a good movie or like feel very much like a John Cusack movie is when you're like, one, he's writing it and or two, he has as much of his friends and family in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So now that we kind of set up the general story of the movie, um, how should yeah. we jump in? Just kind of talk about. Well, again, I think we have to say spoilers. 
spoilers if you, if you haven't, haven't figured seen. that out by now if you're new and you're yeah. just like hey they're talking about gross point blank i like gross point blank it's yeah. just every thing that we're going to talk about is spoilers spoilers yeah just all the time always so. Sometimes it's not even for the movie that we're talking about. We're just going to drop random spoilers. Like, did you know Trinity died in Matrix 3? <laughs> what Whoops. other horrible spoilers could we say? Yeah. Oh, the village is in modern time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything. So, so the next two minutes of this podcast is just us spoiling random things. <laughs> Michael Jordan wins in Space Jam. <laughs> The Green Ranger whoops all five Power Rangers ass for like three episodes. True. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> Just spoilers. We, spoilers. Be ready. So it's might not be for this movie. It might not be for <laughs> whatever. Just be ready for spoilers because we're terrible humans. <laughs> we're just going to tell you spoilers about everything. Sometimes mid sentence, we're like, yeah. And then at one point, Dan Aykroyd shows up, and then (laughs) Mufasa dies. (laughs) What? We told you. (laughs) I think that should be a thing now. We just have Easter eggs in the middle of us talking about another movie. It's not even Easter eggs. It's just like blunt force trauma. Fucking spoilers just fucking right jab right in the face out of nowhere. <laughs> What's another one? <laughs> That's all I'm going to think about now. Fuck this podcast. <laughs> it's derailed so much. <laughs> I don't know how to come back from this. <laughs> I just want to spoil things now. Oh, this is our lives now, John. This is yeah. This is what we do on this broadcast. This is what we do in real life too, listeners. So yeah, I mean, we'll just talk to each other, and then all of a sudden, someone will join our conversation, and we'll just spoil something for them. Yeah, Thanos is is inevitable, but Iron Man is dead. (laughs) Too soon, John. (laughs) It's still recovering. Oh, I don't know how to come back from this. <laughs> what do you mean come back to this? But we just say yes. We're gonna have spoilers for this podcast for every episode, and we're gonna have a lot of spoilers for the movie we're talking about right now, Girls Point Blake. There's it's gonna be that thing where we're like, remember 34 episodes ago when we used to talk about Cusack movies? <laughs> now we just drop spoilers. Weird. Should we change the name? Because we still call it Cusack to the Future. It doesn't really make sense anymore. Everyone has seven degrees of Cusack, so it's always going to be called seven. It's always relevant. Yeah, it's always going to be relevant. Yeah. Which, you know. And also, like, I feel like we should kind of just... We're three episodes in, so I feel like the first one that we talked about was, like, we just loved that one. Say anything. We loved that one. We were gushing about that one and just, like, connecting our lives to that one. Yeah. And then <laughs> Identity, which was a movie. The opposite, where just like, <laughs> you, you saw our range of love and joy. There's the opposite, where we don't feel any of those things for this movie. Nothing. 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 And then for episode three, we're like, just like Cusack, we're going to kill things. And by things, we mean our podcast. 
well, here's some like, spoilers. We're so traumatized or just so sad about identity. We're like, we want to do something that makes us happy again. And we don't want to talk about high fidelity off the bat. Yeah. Because that's going to be a series. Like, it's going to be like gonna five be- episodes. Yeah, it's gonna be one per each X. Yep. This is gonna be the top five parts of this movie. Yeah. But I think, like, you know, we just wanted something that'll make us happy. And I was like, we got to do gross complaint. Yeah. And, and what makes you happy about this movie? Because what, like you said, like when you started the the very beginning and just rock, watching the credits, you were getting excited. I was like, for me, it was the music. Like the second that I started hearing the music, I was like, oh, I totally forgot that this has the best fucking soundtrack. Yeah. It's just, I was like dancing while I was watching it. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's so good. <laughs> I remember this music. Because I do have the soundtrack on CD. Mm-hmm. Which again, what is the compact disc, Grace? <laughs> no, so, so many people are just like, what blockbuster VHS? FYE, what are they talking about? <laughs> All these random letters that they're stringing together. Yeah. <laughs> God, <it's> so horrible. <laughs> yeah, like what? Not that old, John. Yeah, they're like, they're it's just this podcast is two old people rounding about letters and then spoiling <laughs> movies. <laughs> They're like they've really lost it. But I'm not. We're not that old. I'm not yeah. that old. Yeah, we haven't completely lost it. Just like Billy Batson's mom lost him, and then he became with Chaz, the the Wizards champion. Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> so oh, this I love this bit. <laughs> it's gonna be in everyone. People are gonna hate us because eventually some of these movies are pretty mod like new, so we're gonna fuck up. <laughs> we're just gonna ruin a movie that someone hasn't seen. They're like, "What the fuck? Too far, guys! You ruined Joanna Man for me." <laughs> and at that point, we have nothing to tell you except we're sorry. So, well, I mean... in advance, we're sorry. <laughs> we could probably stop doing it, but we've already kind of promised we were gonna spoil things and we don't want to disappoint at least four people who are listening (laughs) shout out to the person who gave us a review on apple Podcasts. yeah that was awesome i was like oh man i could already feel myself changing (laughs) i'm gonna be such an asshole in real life and i was like that's i don't interact with anyone anymore so it's okay (laughs) interactions <laughs> we're watching the whole discography of the only interactions i have with people now is going to target going into the toy aisle, bug- bugging an employee is like do you have this item in stock i have the dpci number <laughs> that's the only interactions i have with humans now they're like no all right i buy a random thing and i go to self-checkout so that's literally the only time i talk to other people <laughs> beautiful all right, so gross point blank. <laughs> Bring it back around, John. Bring it back. It's a real place. <laughs> gross point, Michigan, suburb of Detroit, and I, I will say, like I, you know, because the, there were just some like things that they kept talking about that I thought, or that like connected me to Detroit, because like she talks about Devil's Night later, and they talk about oh, you got a foreign car in this city, so I was like oh. Oh, it's it's around Detroit, right? But, yeah. So I think it's very interesting that it's this very like small suburban life, which mm-hmm. you know, 
<laughs> who wouldn't want to leave that? <laughs> like, I think for me, like, why I love this movie so much is that it just, it, it connects to me because I'm like a small town girl, right? Mm-hmm. And just his story of just straight up leaving the day of prom. Yeah. And never coming back for 10 years. That really, like, that was something I was thinking about doing after <laughs> watching this movie. Because <laughs> I'm like, how old am I? Like 18, 19 at this point? Uh-huh. And I watched it on my little rinky-dinky VHS in my room. And I'm just like, if he left, I could leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I could I could do all these things. I'm going to, you know? I'm going to kill people. <laughs> You laugh. <laughs> I know. I was, I was kind of alarmed. We were just silence. You're like, I did think about that, John. Like, I'm pretty sure in like another lifetime, I'm, I am Martin Blank. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I, I honestly think I, at some point, if I grew up differently or if I did take that plunge and just never came back at 17, then I think. Like, not to say that I would have his exact story where he went freelance, but I think I would be in the military at some point. Yeah. It's very weird for me. But I think that's why it connected to me, because he's, like, going back home for his reunion. And I love how you're supposed to believe everyone around him is 27 years old. Yeah. Was was John 27 at this point, like, in real life? Because I was like, you do not look 27, John. None of these people do. Everyone just, you know, to look older, you look older. Because a true true 27-year-old looks like a toddler. But I think I liked that idea of, like, just just leaving. And I was really intrigued by that. And I think that's why I, like, connected to this so much. There was just all these things. Because it's like when he does go back, he reverts in some way. And I feel like that whenever I have, I had to go home mm-hmm. and see my family, like I would just revert back to that kid. Like that, that time of you. Yeah. Yeah. Did, two questions. Did you go to your prom and or did you go to your 10-year reunion for high school? So I did go to my prom. Mm-hmm. How was your prom? I'm trying to remember. I think. I think I went. Oh, oh, it was fine. I went with like a group of friends. We all brought like there was six of us. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the we were fine. There was just one little awkward part, <laughs> but the rest of it was okay. Um, Always is. Yeah, so I think, then, we, I think we did fine. I really, I was like, because you know, all those, and remember, like, I love high school movies. Mm-hmm. And so, like, prom is always, like, the the thing, right? So, like, I had built it up in my head that prom was the thing. um, And so, and again, my town is so small. So, we left town to go to Olive Garden for our prom dinner. <laughs> it was fancy that's fancy it's fancy it's pasta it's fancy yeah it's a fancy meal we loved it and then like right after that we went to Chuck E. cheese's nice and then we went to prom yeah so i mean it was fine Mm -hmm. it was weird just because we were all trying to like 
figure out how to be at calm when we're real fancy. Yeah. Yeah. How about for your 10-year reunion? Did you go to that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. No. I was like, I just saw you fuckers. I don't want to see you again. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, go ahead. No. Because I, I moved. I moved up to San Francisco in like 2006. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. And then like, and then also I'm not on social media, right? So like, they, I don't even know if we had a tenure. I didn't hear anything about it. I don't think we had, like my school had one. Because I don't think we had one. It came and went very quietly. Because I don't know, like how how does one. Like who puts it together? The school or the people? Is it the school or people? But I think it's the people. I think yes, because my brother, he was part of the student council when he went to to our high school, and he, I think they did like a twenty-five year instead of a ten-year. Okay. So they did a twenty-five year, and they did it very strategically because they did it during like Thanksgiving break, which is like the joke of um of the town I'm from. Is mm-hmm. that all the people who go away? We all have like a another. Uh, we all come back and go to this bar, and it just becomes the new school reunion. Hmm. Because um, everyone comes home for Thanksgiving, right? And then that Saturday, we just want to leave, but we can't leave because our flights are on Monday or some shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone just would go to the bar at Saturday, and they're like, "It's the school reunion," and it was like that every year. So yeah, like I don't want to see them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I keep want... seeing you. I don't want to do this officially. Yeah, but I think it's like they they had to put it together versus yeah. I always thought it was the school that put it together. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think like our like your student council. Yeah, our student council was the people. Yeah, my def mine definitely wasn't. Mine. Um. Yeah, and then like our student president and and vice president aren't even in the country so <laughs> yeah so there was very little chance of that actually happening yeah so I'd, i mean they probably might have had one but i wouldn't have any way of knowing because they wouldn't have the, a connection to me mm-hmm. yeah or even would have gone if they did find a way to reach you the thing is is like i i don't even remember yeah but it's that weird thing though where like I feel like ten-year reunions mattered more, in, like before social media. Yes. You know, I was like, I know what you're doing. Yes. I you keep sending me Farmville requests. <laughs> I, I see your baby. I think no, I'm not thing. sending you apples. Yes, I think that's the thing because, like, when I was leaving, which was like early to like what. 2000 yeah 2005 2006 myspace was becoming a thing Mm -hmm. and so i only got a myspace to keep in touch with the friends that i had but then when i came up here i was like oh i don't want to keep in touch with you (laughs) yeah i don't need to do this (laughs) so i had yeah so i had myspace for like maybe a few months and just abandoned it like i don't yeah. i just don't like social media I'm yeah like, if i don't if i'm not friends with you in real life i'm not gonna be friends with you online yeah right and i understand that it it's a way to reconnect with certain people right but i was also like 
I don't know if I want to reconnect from people back home, you know? Yeah. There. Yeah, it's that weird thing where I'm just like, if you're not in my life now, there's probably a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're just like... And I'm... <laughs> I'm okay oh, with, good. like, growing out of relationships, like, friendships and stuff like that. I'm okay with that. Like, who yeah. you were when we were seniors in high school is not who you are as a 39-year-old person. Yeah. And I get that. And I'm like, it's fine. I mean, if you want to reconnect with me, we could. But I'm like, we lead, we lead separate lives now. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. So, it was just interesting for um, them to explore, like, the dread of coming back to uh, your hometown for a 10-year reunion. <laughs> I think I loved that because I used to have that dread just going back in general. Because, yeah. like, the place where I'm from, not very many people leave. Mm-hmm. Right? And so mm-hmm. they just stay there. So it just it's just all the same people that you see every day. Yeah. Right? Like, it, like the, it, it doesn't change. And I think that's, I wrote something about that. Um, what was it? Everyone changes, but stays the same. Mm-hmm. Right? Throughout this whole movie. And I was just like, oh. You're, you're, you just become more of who you are. Mm-hmm. And I think that the, the movie really explored that. And I can relate to that. That's why I liked it. I was just like, oh, this is, this is me. <laughs> like I wrote John Black, or John uh, Martin Black Blank is me. Yeah. <laughs> right? And like Mimi is who I want to be. Martin mm-hmm. is who I am. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's great. what I wrote. Because I was like Mimi or yeah, Debbie. I keep yeah. calling them by her their real names, but we have such character names. But Debbie is just she's so funny. And I just love love her character. I think everyone's character is really fleshed out. And you immediately know things about them. And it's just like, this is so good. Cause like, I, ag- I agree. There's only one thing. Like, I'm sure it's... See, but it's that great thing where you're like, these characters feel very, like, fleshed out and lived in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure this little thing was confusing to me, but, like, probably, like, for the writers or for the characters, they thought that this was, like, um, backstory or, like, a little inside joke between the characters, but I didn't get it. Or I missed it. But Dan Aykroyd kept saying that weird thing where he was like, popcorn, pop, pop, pop. Like, that weird thing? Is that a reference to something that I, like, missed? Yeah. So yeah? It's, so, it's in, regar- in regards to the job that he had, to a job he had. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, I don't I don't, because they had they had a lot of references to it. Because there was the bomb in the microwave. Yeah. Oh, it was because of the 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 job he botched, the dog. Okay. Okay. Something about the dog, and so I think like, like he put something in the microwave to make it die, or to 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 make people die. Okay. <laughs> and then Ackbird was just making fun of his method. But that that meeting, that initial meeting they had at the beginning, like after John Cusack was supposed to like kill the guy who was trying to kill that one dude. <laughs> so he shoots the guy on the bike and then he's reloading. And then as he's doing this, Dan Aykroyd shows up as what, like a, a, a bellboy. Yeah. And then he, he, 
a doorman mm -hmm. and he kills the dude John's supposed to protect. Yeah. And then afterwards they have a meeting about it. <laughs> like, I just love that interaction where they, they meet out in the middle of nowhere and they're just like, they know each other's hitmen. Like, they're both hitmen. Mm -hmm. So they're very, like, cautious of each other. Mm -hmm. And it's just that that really, like, I just thought that was really funny that that really awkward interaction between them. Well, I think part of it is just I love like I love movies that have their own like sort of mini universe, right? Mm -hmm. So like John Wick, right? The universe of John Wick like is so good because it's this society of hitmen that have to have rules, right? Yeah. But it's so serious. And here it's the same thing, but it's like Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> yeah, like at one point they're like a guild of hitmen. I was like, ooh, like Mandalorian, <laughs> right? And then there's like that's what because everyone's freelance, and he wanted it to be like, oh, we should all work together. Yeah, like a union, like as John Cusack. Yeah. yeah, which was great, and then but it's with Dan Aykroyd. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're just like, oh, okay. And you would have a boss, and you have all these things, and like and martin's like i don't want those things that's the like this is a solo thing yeah it's like lone oh, gunman yeah lone gunman lone wolf lone yeah alone. And, and you even mentioned that in the diners like this is why i dress like this <laughs> <laughs> which yeah i have to say cusack's outfit like whoever dressed him in this movie just freaking brilliant like he's in head to toe black yeah. Like, you know, he is not a force to be fucked with, right? Yeah. And someone says that to him. I think it's his mom. He's like, oh, look what, what you're wearing. You're so gangster. You look like a gangster. <laughs> someone said he looks like a mortician. Oh, I think it was his teacher. Teacher. Yeah. He says, oh, what is this? You mortician? And I love, like, the, I think that's the thing, too, is the banter in this movie is so fucking witty. Yeah. Like, the banter and just, like, the, the, the quick transitions from, like, fight scene to, like, I'm going to have a regular conversation to, like, an existential, like, talk with my therapist. It's all one after another, and it doesn't feel out of place. Yeah, everything fits really well. And it, like, it just, like, these characters work well with each other, and they all have their different things. And, like, just their interactions, you're, like, even if, like, the teacher, we don't know anything about the teacher, but the way he interacts with the teacher and the teacher interacts with him, you're just like, all right, that's real. I think the really cool thing is that there's not so much ex exposition. Like, there's yeah. not, like, these long, drawn-out, this is what I used to be. Like, everything is just done so quickly that, and yeah, to the it, point. Like, it feels real. <laughs> yeah, like, the interaction with the teacher, like, within that one-minute conversation, you realize, like, oh, John was a, or Martin Blank was a star at that school. Princeton, yeah. Harvard, like, everyone is rooting for him, and then he disappeared. Yeah. And I think I also love the idea of like teachers will remember you, but also mm -hmm. not give a shit about you when you're gone. Yeah. Because she was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. They're playing my song. <laughs> yeah. And they have like that whole thing before of like just them ragging on each other's clothes. I was like, mm -hmm. the so you it's know, real. like immediately his relationships in high school, like he was a he was the kid. Mm -hmm. He's like, that guy. Yeah. And it fits very much like his personality. Like, I don't know anyone else. Like, I can't imagine anyone else being Martin. Yeah. You know, just the way he talks, the way he delivers, like, like his quickness, like his um his wit, mm -hmm. like, and everything. I keep I, I, it just 
I know Cusack wrote it. Like he had a hand in writing it. So it probably yeah. helps to make it feel like him. Mm-hmm. But like, it's great. Like the little things, because people react how normal people should react. Like people catching up with him, like the few people that he's honest with, yeah. where they ask him, they're like, so what do you do? They're like, oh, I'm a hitman. I kill people for a living. People, you hear that, you're like, he's joking. Mm-hmm. So the few few people who you've said that to, they're like, oh, like, um, what's her name? Debbie's dad is just like, okay, good for you. There's an industry of growth for that. You know, you're just like. I love the reactions of that too. It's like, oh, does that come with dental? Yeah. Oh, is that a good 4OK? Like, these are very like adult things. things. To say yeah. Back about a job or career. And I just, it's not how much do you make through that. It's like, oh, is it come with benefits? Yeah. <laughs> it's just... Is it postgrad for that or something? Yeah. You got to have a degree for that. Is there like, yeah. you know? And I thought that it's... was very cool. I was just like, I also I also wrote like a note of like like oh god parallels to Lloyd. Mm-hmm. And again, we're going back to that idea that like the Cusack universe is all connected. <laughs> yeah, like if you just change the names, you just change the name of the cities, yeah. which is real. Yeah, because it's this it's this idea of like oh the honesty. Mm-hmm. Like at no point does he ever lie yeah like even if it like you don't view this as like one connected cinematic universe and you could just say say anything is earth one earth two is <laughs> gross point blank where instead of getting on the plane with diane mm-hmm. he freaked out and then he joined the army yeah you know you're like that works holy shit yeah no, you know right so, there's, so and, and there's just I, the banter's really good all of these things are really good. there's not like you don't he doesn't explain too much about like why he leaves until the end and mm-hmm. you don't get like backstory of what everyone else is doing except for like natural conversation and i think yeah. the part that i super duper love is like when he goes and visits his mom mm-hmm. and then um he and then she said oh i talked to your dad and he goes oh i think that's pretty hard and she goes no it wasn't hard it wasn't hard and then the next scene you see him walk up to this grave with a bottle of alcohol and he just pours out the whole bottle and just walks away and in that interaction with like inanimate objects you know immediately his relationship with his father Mm -hmm. and i was like holy shit it's so good and yeah like there was there was weight to that scene you know oh yeah because then you see, like, when he died, and he died after Martin would have left. Mm-hmm. Right? Because what? Martin left in, like, what, 97? The dad, or 87? The dad died in, like, 89. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, that's the whole two years that he didn't come back for. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, they didn't try and over explain it. They were just like, this is what happened. Yeah. There's nothing, so. I don't think there's really any over-explanation about anything. Yeah, and I think that's what, a combination of that, of just, like, making this world feel really lived in, combined with, like, his just great chemistry with everyone, because, like I, like we've mentioned, this is primarily his friends and family. So yeah. when he's back in his hometown, and he's just talking with Jeremy Piven and they're just going back and forth about like their relationship or what's changed or what they're up to now. Mm-hmm. You buy it because they these two dudes have been friends for a long time. Yeah. And it's very natural for them. 
And then like his primary connection um, before coming back to his hometown is just he he goes to this this therapist who is terrified of him. Yeah, he's, so terif- he's terrified of him and i love that relationship i love that dynamic um and then he he has um joan cusack plays marcella his assistant mm-hmm. and they're great like she's the driving force of like you should go back to your hometown you should go back to uh your high school reunion yeah. and she she does she she mentions this during a hit Mm-hmm. So he, she, he's, she's confirming like some type of like, what is it? Like ballistics purchase. Like he's buying just a shitload of bullets and mm-hmm. she's confirming it. And then she goes, oh, by the way, I want to read you something and reads the invitation <laughs> to the 10 year reunion. And she keeps bringing it up just like randomly. And I think just their relationship that's the part that i wish that their relationship was a real was kind of um just expanded on because like the the way that they both act with each other and when they're supposed to interact with each other is just really really good so i was mm-hmm. like oh i want more marcella because she's just freaking she's such an interesting character like to be a secretary or of of a hitman you know yeah and just she says something that what what did she say something like i'm just i love that you're somebody before or that you were a person before or something like that mm-hmm. where does she say that but um yeah because you could tell like just the way that they can banter back and forth you mm-hmm. buy the relationship you know so when he does to like when things are really bad for him at the, towards the end of the movie. And he's just like, they're, they're like, so we're out of the business pretty much. Yeah. And then he leaves her like that fat stack of cash mm-hmm. and she just celebrates. And then he says something nice. He's like, that's, um, I forgot what he called it, but yeah, it, it just shows the, um, like all these little relationships that we have that we get to see, mm-hmm. you know, they, they all feel very real, you know, which is great, especially for someone who is, for the most part, pretty socially awkward, but you still sense this like closeness that he has with these people. Yeah. You and know? I, and I think that's the that's the thing of like, oh, here's what she says. She says, I find it amusing that you came from somewhere. Yeah. You know? And so I think it's just it's her trying to figure out who he is. And there's like moments of like where you think like she's just some timid like she's I mean, she's rightfully scared of him because you don't know how he's gonna react to certain things. Mm-hmm. Right. But then also she has her scary ass moments too. Cause when she's on the phone, like confirming the order again, and then the other person gets it wrong. She just like a, a switch turns on and she's just like, you better fucking get this correct or I'm going to fucking kill you. It just like yeah. goes off. Yeah. And then the next moment she's talking to like her sister and yelling at her because she didn't know how to make a soup base correctly. She's like, carrots and celery is not soup. It's just just a base. (laughs) And it's just, the scene is so good of just like, damn, of how like this movie has a way of showing everyone's other side. Yeah. 
right? So you have like cute, you have Martin Blank, who is this completely professional hitman, and then on the other side of him, it's like this this little little like burgeoning young man afraid to go home and yeah. face his old friends, right? And then you have like even Jeremy Piven's character, who's like a real estate broker by day, but then he becomes like an accessory later on and like Debbie's character who she's just this one she's like a DJ and she's like this one character and then you just kind of see her become more comfortable and become all of these things because she was the one who did leave and then she came back mm-hmm. right because she talks about something of how she did live in Detroit but had to come back and so like what's that other part of her cuz she you know she carried that that stigma of being the the prom girl or the girl who got jilted at prom yeah right and she carried that for 10 years and that's how everyone reacted to her it's like oh you guys are getting back together oh i'm so glad for you you know cuz it yeah and just just seeing both sides of everybody like everyone has that other side, and I wrote that. I was like, "What is everyone hiding, or what is everyone suppressing?" Because everyone has something, right? Yeah. And just, I think it, and yeah, the relationships are really, like, you immediately know how he's connected to everyone because of how they react to them when he comes back into town. And I think one of the ones that I really liked was Jeremy Piven's character. Um, the fuck is his name? Perry. Mm-hmm. They're in the car together. Uh, or they see each other and then Perry's like, hey, I have to go show a house. Let's catch up. And John's like, cool, I'll go with you. Yeah. And then he goes to this, this house. <laughs> and he's just, just hanging out. Scaring everyone. Right? He's just there. He's tr- And when he's trying to be like, oh, I'm trying to do a nice deed. But he yeah. scares off the couple that's going to buy the house. Just by sheer intensity. Yeah. <laughs> time like there's no question about it yeah i'm down to go to work with you yeah we're gonna catch up yeah and just in the middle of him driving he just starts yelling like 10 years 10 years goddamn 10 years yeah and they have like that the everyone has like a quick like angry moment with john leaving Mm -hmm. or with martin leaving and then Mm -hmm. it's over yeah. He's just yelling at it. He's like, what the fuck did you do? You just went out and disappeared. You left all of us behind. And then when he yells back, what does he say? I joined, I got scared. I joined the army. Um, I worked, and then I went to freelance. Went into, yeah. Now I'm went to business for myself. Yeah. Went into business for myself, and now I'm a professional killer. Yeah. And he does that, like, three times, and then finally, like, Piven's like, cool like got a 4k or something like that and it's it's over like the anger is over like everyone kind of understands like you have those moments of like i need to get the fuck out Mm -hmm. right but it's just what is your like what are what are parts that stood out to you about this movie that's like we can't just keep going gushing but it's like we gotta (laughs) gush we can. <laughs> um, I just love the, like the little interactions. Like one of my favorite scenes is the scene at the diner where uh, Dan Aykroyd meets up with Cusack. Mm-hmm. And then that little thing where they're trying to settle like 
what they're both doing there. Did he sell them out to the government or whatever? Yeah. It's that little, there's just that brief interaction he had when they're ordering food um, with the waitress. <laughs> he was like, I'll have an egg, uh, an egg white omelet. And then she's just like, what do you want on it? He's like, nothing. And she's like, well, that's not an egg white. <laughs> and then he's like, well, I'm not going to argue semantics with you. <laughs> I just need the protein. <laughs> I just need the protein. <laughs> Little that- stuff like that. I'm like, God damn, this movie's great. But it has such a way of like bringing shit back too. Because it's mm-hmm. like when she comes when she comes out with the food, she goes, here's your not omelet omelet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> It's little stuff like that I love where I'm just like, all right, that's really fucking funny. Well, that whole interaction when they're in there and just the diner scene is just so funny because, like, they never take their eyes off each other. And when the waitress comes, they immediately, they didn't even look at a menu and they just yeah. say what they want. Yeah. Like, they're still ordering food. <laughs> it's not like, oh, come back later. It's like, nope, I want this and I want it now. Yeah, I want you for the protein. <laughs> I need to handle this. <laughs> So, yeah. I think Ackroyd brings, like, this entirely different level. Mm Because Ackroyd just has a way of, like, bantering in any ways. Like, he's just, Mm -hmm. he's, the way that he just delivers his lines, right? And I feel like there's um, just the whole time, like, John and him are not skipping a beat. Yeah. It's not at all. Even during the even during the fight scenes, it's just like they're going back and forth and they're making it light and funny and all this stuff. And it's just. That was one thing for me, though, is like the 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 some of the shooting scenes felt <laughs> very 90s where um, they were having that shootout in the convenience store. Mm-hmm. That felt very 90s where that dude just fucking came in blazing dual wielding uzis <laughs> and then john cusack was just like both guns just shooting i was like this reminds me of that video game time crisis where you just shoot everything you know well, but the, the but, thing is is like we're because i wrote that here too i was like dude these these fight scenes feel real like they're I not think, choreographed yeah i was like this is how people would just like that fight scene at the school i was like as far as fight scenes go, this is fucking great. I was like, they're just fucking beating the shit out of each other. It doesn't feel or- overly choreographed. It doesn't seem like overly planned for shots and like a lot of cuts. I was like, this is just two dudes beating the shit out of each other. And I was like, look at, you can see it's Cusack. I was like, look at you go, man. Fuck that guy up. Also, that guy was fucking really funny to me. Where he, um, that other assassin who was there to kill Cusack, or yeah. Martin, sorry. He goes up to the table where they're all claiming their badges for the <laughs> ten year reunion and then he's like, Hi, who are you? And he's like, It is I. And he looks down at the table and is like, Cecil. <laughs> and I was like, fucking shit, that's good. Well, it's just everyone who is like a hitman or connected to a hitman mm-hmm. is just funny as fuck. Like the NSA agents. Mm-hmm. Like in Hank Azaria. Oh God, I love that man. He's but great. Like, what did I put here? I was like, I put um something like all the people who are supposed to be inconspicuous and not noticeable, like just don't know how to do that in this film. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows who these people are, or they're yeah. like, oh, something's off about you. Yeah. And it's 
it's so funny. I'm like, dude, that's not how, like, because I would know, because this is what I do, John. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, like I would know how to do a stakeout. You know? Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, that's not how you trait you trail your person, your trait, your like following. Like the fact when they go to the bar, when when Martin and Debbie go to the bar to catch up, and the two agents are in the fucking bathroom. Yep. I'm like just hanging out. Come on, and it's not even like they don't. Even, they're just like it. It's it's meant to be. Oh, it's a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh shit, he's here. Like they didn't yeah. know he was going to use the bathroom at some point in the night, and they're yeah. hiding in the bathroom and not even in the stall. And I'm just like, they're just there. Right, and then the assassin, and I understand that that other assassin is supposed to make himself known, mm-hmm. but the way that he does it too, he's just walking down the street. Yeah, I was like, at one point they're all in the same city block, and I was just like, what the fuck are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, I said the people who are supposed to be the most stealthy are so awful about it. Yeah, I think they're so stealthy, they're like, fuck stealth. <laughs> they're like, you know what, That's... everyone knows we're in here, and just yeah. how easily they were able to get all this information like martin just calls up marcella and is like hey i need to know who's in this city and she immediately yeah. knew everything about She's like two government agents are there and then they went to this high school <laughs> this college and they're like that's this is why john loves you you're so good at your job you deserve that stack of money but uh, going back to that bathroom scene there's a another really fucking really fucking funny uh interaction is when uh, Dan Aykroyd is bitching at the two agents, oh, yeah. <laughs> and he's he's just and then because he's like shh, shh, he's coming back, and then Dan Aykroyd runs back into the stall, and then the, the two agents start laughing at with each other, and then Dan Aykroyd comes out of the stall. He's like, fuck you guys." <laughs> it's just such a because you know like you're so ingrained in or ingrained, you're so kind of like bombarded with these like super art this is probably the wrong word but super articulate like hitman type of, type of movies like or like secret agent type of, like mission impossible you know like yeah like john, john wick john wick especially like everything is so so serious and everything's good and clean yeah that was also part of it and i always think this whenever i watch some type of a movie where i'm mm. just like how do you clean the bodies up yeah. And then they show it. I had to clean the body up in the movie, and I was like, "Thank you for showing me that." Yeah, I appreciate that information. Because <laughs> you never see what happens after the assassination. You're like, "Okay, yeah, cool. all right, Death. awesome, gone." <laughs> and then, and then, like another thing I really appreciate about this movie is they had that big shootout at the end, but it wasn't like. Like, uh, it didn't turn into, like, a super action movie in the third act, you know? Or, like, yeah, there's a shootout. Yeah, shit's getting bad. But, like, yeah, John Cusack is beating the shit out. Like, he shot a guy and he started beating the shit out of that dude's corpse with a frying pan. Yeah, with the freaking cast iron. And it's- Yeah, you're just like, go, John! Right. Uh, Martin, sorry. So you're just... And then you're like, shit happens. Um, So, at one point, Dan Aykroyd and fucking John Cusack are just bantering at each other still. They're, he's still trying to get him to join the union and he's like are there going to be meetings and he was <laughs> like yeah and he's like no that's a no for me then and they continue shooting at each other they shoot up the agents they run out of bullets and oh. then the way no, no, no. this but result the huh? way that they shot at the agents 
Yeah, it was just straight comedy. <laughs> like the agents bust in and try to arrest both of them, and they just yeah. turn around and just fucking like. John was hiding behind like a nightstand on t- like with a TV on it. They couldn't hit him. He was like four feet away. But then John Cusack and Dan Aykroyd rise up and shoots like forty-seven bullets each <laughs> at both these agents, emptying their bullets, emptying their clips, and they're out of ammo. And, and they, uh, they start bantering again, and they're both trying to figure out how to kill each other without any ammo. And then John picks up the biggest fucking TV. <laughs> And just kills Dan Aykroyd with it. I think, and I, part of the reason why I like what happens is that John gets injured in the process. Yeah, like a little thing. Like his like hand that. gets cut up from the glass. Yeah. Which and is I, so I, good. Yeah. Like you see, because I mean, the, I, I can't think of any other Hitman movies other than John Wick. You see. Keanu just getting mm-hmm. fucked up. Yeah. Right? But he's still a badass. Yeah. But then here you see him with a little cut from the TV and he's like about to pass out. <laughs> yeah. Or he stumbles up to the bathroom. He is yeah. like, are, are, are we okay? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, Keanu Reeves just performed surgery on himself. You wrap yeah. a towel and it immediately look like you're going to bleed out of your hand. And yeah. I was just like, this is the funniest ever i'm just here's this massive shootout yeah and you, and that's what might kill you is that yeah. you have a cut on your hand like <laughs> this movie like every movie every cusack movie i always feel like some sort of like connection or relatability to cusack mm-hmm. this one i don't feel as much as that connection where i'm like i could be that guy like you said you did oh, for me I- i'm like yeah, for me, I'm like, no. If anything, I feel like I'm fucking Debbie in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I'm Debbie. Well, that's the thing is, I, I wrote I wrote something about that too. Is like, um, who of all the people who stay behind? Yeah. Right. What happens to the people who stay behind because he left, and you kind of see yeah. that like they don't really grow in that way. Because mm-hmm. at the high school, at the reunion, they're all still the same type of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like at one point they're walking to the bar. He's like, "Straight to f- drinks for us," and he goes, and they're walking, and they're like, John makes that comment. And he's like, "I'm starting to recognize these faces," you know. So it's you see everyone, and you're just like, "Oh, it's," and then they talk to them. And you're like, "Oh, it's still you." It, yeah, it's still you. And I think I think one of the funniest parts is when like the popular girl comes and sees John. Is that the one with Piven? Yeah. Jenny yeah. <laughs> Jenny Slater. Jenny Slater. Yeah. yeah, and the way he kept saying her full name too. Jenny Slater? Jenny Slater. We had 12 classes together. Right? And like just how he still reverts to like I still like you cuz you're the popular girl. Yeah. But just the, just how he does it. Jenny Slater. Jenny Slater. Jenny Slater. Jenny Slater. Yeah. And then she goes, "Oh. Okay." Oh, and just, and walks, just walks away. away. But I like I was try like at one point he got a dance with her right. Oh yeah, like, no, I was, he yeah. was boogieing down with her. Now he was boogieing. Like, Go ahead, Perry. I was like, get that. You're such a good friend. <laughs> you help dispose of a body. Good for you. You deserve that dance. You're a good guy. I wrote that too, and I was like, oh, of like how 
they 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 all revert to their things in high school very very quickly but then like mm-hmm. the moment that it changes is that when he's dancing with the popular girl and she's like interested in dancing with him too and i'm like you go you yeah. you do it you, you do what you gotta do but i wrote like there's always a jenny slater there's always like that girl who's gonna like everyone just remembers Mm-hmm. And you have to say her full last name you have to, to get her, her attention. Full name. <laughs> it's so good. It like it's so good. Like we don't know these people, but just the way they interact, you feel and you know you're like, oh, that's this person in my high school. Yeah. You know. And I I feel like very connected to this movie in that way because, like I said, I connect a lot to Martin of like, you know, at you know in a weird twisted universe that i am him yeah like at some point right and the fear of just going back and i think that's the thing is just like he has to confront all of these fears like those fears he ran away from them and they just never went away they didn't move mm-hmm. on with him yeah because because they, they like like you said earlier like they never told us uh why he left up until the end where he was telling debbie about it Mm -hmm. so um but even then you don't get a real explanation he just said like what like the thought just came into his head yeah like he really wanted to kill somebody yeah and he couldn't get that out of his head and he was like i'm not the kind of person you should be around so he joined the army yeah so he was scared of himself yeah which was great like the way he revealed that too he's like um i i I was scared. I left. I joined the army. And then he's like, once I was there, they realized I had a certain moral flexibility, yeah. which I was like, such a good line. <laughs> flexibility. You know, but like, so, so what, like, let's talk about like Martin and Debbie's relationship because like, even like the ther like when he was talking to the therapist about it, he was talking about how he had, he would have this reoccurring dream. Five nights a week. Yeah. With her in it. Yeah. So, it's clearly like a lot there um and then just their interactions well their first interaction mm-hmm. like like she, she show he shows up while she's doing her radio show yeah while well, she's djing and she just she sees him through the vid through the through the window and she's uh-huh. like unsettled she knows it's him and yeah. then he comes inside and you just see them like have this like tense like their body tenses but they're clearly excited to see each other yeah yeah and then he leaves and then he comes back mm-hmm. is that before or after they kiss i think they kiss they kiss first like they're saying hi they're saying where have you been oh i'm a killer blah blah, blah. and then they just they're it's like a really intense kiss too yeah it's a it's the like i i was like whoa yeah. I, I remember the kiss a different way and then to see it so visceral of like even their bodies know like oh this is someone I used to be with yeah like that muscle memory of them being yeah. together I was just like man their relationship is so it's it's funny yeah of just like because she interviews him and she says you know should I take him back? Should we get back together? It's not even, oh, should I talk to them? It's like immediately mm-hmm. going back to that. Should we be in a relationship again? Yeah. And she says that thing of like, if you love them, let them go. 
if mm-hmm. you can come back, they're broken. Yeah. Right? That's such a good fucking line, man. <laughs> Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> right? And it's just this idea of like, if the whole thing is about second chances. And I think mm-hmm. that was something I wanted to talk to you about is just idea this idea of second chances. Like, you know, here's this this guy coming back into Debbie's life ten years later and she's completely jilted. She says her whole thing of like, You left me at prom in a seven hundred dollar dress. Yeah. Which also fucking prom dresses are that seven hundred dollars. I guess that's so. a thing. I was like, that's a thing. I went to rent a tuxedo. <laughs> Yeah, you guys get to rent. If we want yeah. a nice dress and we can afford it, it's going to be nice. But I never did that. I always borrowed my friends' dresses. Okay. Jesus, <laughs> I didn't realize. Or like I borrowed my sister's bridesmaid dress, something mm. like that. But yeah, prom can be expensive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have some prom stories. I'll save that for the High Fidelity episode. Oh, yeah. We could do some prom stories. We could do prom stories there. We could do prom stories. Um, but, but yeah, like e- even the very last line she says in this movie, which I thought was great, where she was like, some people say, uh, forgive and forget. And she's like, well, I say forget about forgive and just accept. And I was like, God. And I was like, God damn, Debbie, this is why I connect with you so much in this movie. Just accept. I was like, Fuck. Yeah, because I know a portion of me is Debbie of just, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I, for me it was like the person that I was absolutely connected to was was Marvin. Like there was minutes, there's minutes. Like I said, I wanted to be Debbie, but I know mm-hmm. I'm Martin. Yeah. You know? Now I'm the opposite. I'm like, I want to be a fucking cool killer just in all black, <laughs> but I'm Debbie. <laughs> I have people come over. It's like, can you airplane me? <laughs> Like, that's me. I'm like, God damn it, I'm Debbie. Like, whatever, Debbie's cool. <laughs> I think I think what I... Just, again, they revert back to their, their old selves. Like, yeah. Because then even after that point, like, after she says, go home, and she's really mm-hmm. good about that. She's really good about, like, stopping things. Yeah. Because she knows, like, her head's just like, this is a bad idea. But even after, like, she locks the door, she runs back to her bed and, like, squeals on it. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. I was like, definitely done that, Debbie. I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, definitely Debbie. Oh, <laughs> but even their interaction where, it, like, after she sees that he's murdered someone, you know? Well, in self-defense, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like she, sees, um, she sees, she sees it, and like her reaction, like how. So in in identity, we were just like no one reacts to anything, and then mm-hmm. in this, there's just such a visceral reaction with her. Yeah. That even like when Piven's character is like, "Where's our boy? Where's like?" That was such a good line where I was just like, "Ooh, that's fucking real." He's like, "Where's our boy?" Like immediately, you're like, as high school kids, you're like, "Where's where's where's our guy?" Yeah. You know, where's our boy? And like, like you can tell, like he's pan. She's panicked. He's yeah. and he's like, "Oh God, what happened to him?" But yeah. she's like, "Let me go. I don't want to go. Let me go," or something like that. Yeah, and you can. He's like slightly panicked, but he doesn't know if they just got into a fight. And then he walks onto the scene of just blood. Yeah, with dead Cecil. With yeah, <laughs> with dead Cecil. 
and just immediately John goes or Martin goes to work. Yeah. And doesn't even ask him. He's like, grab the body, do all these things. And there's a part that I thought was really like that shows the relationship between Perry and Martin and how deep it goes is mm-hmm. that when John is cleaning or when Martin is cleaning up the blood, Perry still wraps the body up mm-hmm. without any question. Yeah. Like at no point is there a question. Yeah. And, you know, it may be part of shock. It may be like, oh, shit, he was telling the truth. It was doing all these things. But it was just like, oh, they're homies. Yeah, it was like friendship. <laughs> and then immediately after, they get a drink together. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, have you seen Debbie? You know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, if, but, but before that, while they're walking around prom and having a good time, they see people's kids and shit. Um, oh, that the, scene. The, they, yeah, they had that great interaction together where um, uh, Martin uh, turns to Debbie and he's just like, sorry, I fucked up your life. And she responds like, it's not over yet. Yeah. You know, so very they were, much. They were very much, very, the responses are so good. Like, that's one of them is so good. It's just like, it's not over yet. There's another thing where she like says, so your life. And he says, in progress. Mm-hmm. Like. There's just a lot of things of like they know they're hiding things from each other, mm-hmm. and and it's okay. Yeah, it's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so like they're okay with the secrets and they're okay with those things, and then when yeah. everything gets revealed, they're still somewhat okay with it. I want to say, mm-hmm. you know, because there's this um. And I think it is like this this fear of growing up that he had, mm-hmm. right? Because then he, what he connects with like the old an old classmate who brings their like baby, right? Yeah. And he holds the baby and he looks at the baby and this baby is so goddamn cute. Yeah, I was like, you have no right to be that cute, baby. <laughs> <laughs> just so adorable, and you just see them looking into each other's eyes and like Martin's just like. I don't know how to feel about this. Yeah. And he asked the the mom, like, oh, is it what they always said it would? And she goes, it's so much better. Yeah. And he just is floored by that answer. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and you know, I was like, oh, that was, and I wrote the question down of like, who would Martin be if he did end up going to college and did end up with Debbie? Debbie. Like, yeah. he married his high school sweetheart. Like, who would Martin be? Because, like, he has, like, these great moments where, like, that one, it's called the high school bully. hmm Where, like, he's he fucking ready to fight. And then Martin's like, there, dude, there is no us. If, by, like, if for whatever reason you think there's some sort of, like, problem between me and you. There isn't. I'm not the person you want to fight. Mm-hmm. And then he is like, express yourself. And then he does. He reads a poem. And he's like, oh, okay, well, can you, I don't have to read, hear everything. <laughs> so, like, there's so much heart there, but it's still really funny. He's like, can you skip to the end? Yeah. And then he just says one line. He's like, beautiful. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and I think that's the thing that I, I, I was like, oh, Martin himself is not violent. Yeah. what his job is yeah like when 
um, Debbie is talking to him about the job. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're a psychopath. And he's like, no, psychopaths kill people for no reason. I do it for money. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's very much like, yeah, and I'll blow your head off if you pay me enough. Yeah. Right? And and I love that, how he keeps justifying it. Like, if I show up at your doors, it's... You probably... There's, there's a reason. to bring me here, right? Yeah. And then he's confronted about that when he his next, like, mark is her, is Debbie's dad. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. And the, like in that very uh, great interaction where he says it and then Ackroyd says it, he is like, it's either I'm in love with your daughter or, or I, I found a new respect, found new, found new respect for life. And then Dan Ackroyd's like, it's either he's in love with that dude's daughter or he found a new respect uh, for life, which it's little things like that. You're like, that's fucking funny. That's great. It's, yeah, like I said, like the pacing of this is so good, and the transitions are so quick. Like it's just like, oh, yeah. oh, like a bomb blew up. Oh, I'm calling you now for a date, and I was just, oh, like the date happened, but now I'm gonna go and check on my ammunition. Like it's just, it's like one one thing after another, and they all like are alternating like between his his professional life and his private life and i thought that was really, yeah. really well done but also just funny as fuck because then you know like what who would you call after you you just saw your old like house space blown up with almost you in it you would call the girls and be like hey you want to go on a date yeah you know and just oh the date went bad who would you call oh i want to know if i got the bullets in it's just it's it's smart to me of just like oh bringing it back and forth and back and forth and for you to like never you don't really get a rest about who martin is Mm -hmm. it's just like oh he's constantly saying and showing and doing that he is this hitman for hire professional hitman right professional killer and it's just at no point do you ever think he's not that yeah because he carries himself very much as that Mm-hmm. But you're like that's, but even when he carries himself as that, it doesn't feel like it's him. Yeah, you know if that makes sense. Well, you're like he says that he says that that um, I don't necessarily think what people do for a living define who they are. Yeah, right. Yeah, so it's such a good movie. <laughs> um, any other thoughts we have on Gross Point Blank? I think. Just the idea of, like, what's next, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you get back from that? Like, she grants him his second chance, which, you know, do you believe in second chances and third chances and ninth chances, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, like, this movie for me, I was like, and I'm still one of those people who are like, nah, you're one and done. If you fuck up, you fuck up. Like, this is over. Really? Yeah. I'm fucking Debbie through and through and I'm like, I'm forget about forget about forgive and accept. Let's go. Let's get on that trip. Yeah, and I think like especially as I'm older, like mm-hmm. that idea of like, oh, people are allowed to change and people are allowed to stay the same. Like you, mm-hmm. you just have to accept how it is and I think that's what it is for me now. Of like, oh, this movie's really good about the idea of second chances. Yeah. Yeah. But I think also like towards the end, and I love this. Like this is like the third, the third episode, the third movie we've rewatched, where like there's this a- ambiguity with the car. <laughs> like they're all in a, like we had 
Oh yeah. Lloyd and Diane on like somewhere traveling, and like the light dings, and you d- and and you don't know what happens. Mm-hmm. Like, is it optimistic? Is it pessimistic? And then we have, you know, the van from Identity, and you don't know if the guy survived or not. Yeah. And then you have this one, where like, do you do you sense that there's like a real ending here? cut out i think um what was that last part oh uh, just the idea of like is we get to the ending of this and they're in the car and they're genuinely smiling Uh and they're just going off on the highway somewhere like do you feel like they have a chance well it's weird i feel more comfortable that this relationship is going to work out more than lloyd and uh Diane, 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 yeah, yeah, fucking old brain. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel more comfortable in this relationship more so than uh, that one. I'm like, these two have been through it. They have some mileage. They know what's up. They've accepted each other. Mm-hmm. They're good. For Lloyd and Diane, I'm like, there's just so much uncertainty. There's so much road you guys haven't hit yet. Oh, so you, you think it's that you know, like they were high schoolers, and then. Mm-hmm. You know, like with this one, it's just they're they're grown up high schoolers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like we just love this movie so much. <laughs> yeah, I just love this movie, and I just want them to work out because I I think Debbie deserves it. <laughs> yeah, she does. I she think John deserves, deserves it. it too. Yeah. Yeah, they both deserve it. Oh, they deserve this. They deserve each other. So there you go, guys. That's gross point blank. What is going to be the next episode, Grace? Oh God, I, I am know. on John Cusack's IMDb. Do you do you want to do something fairly recent, something old? Let's do a serious one. Let's see a serious if one. A serious one. I want to. I want to see John Cusack be serious. Okay. Like in a good movie. Well, that's that limits it. <laughs> You want to do the raven is that serious i would assume it's serious we do, i've never we've never watched i haven't it, so this no is idea. the first movie that we neither of us have seen yeah all right so let's do the raven you want to do the raven yeah and uh we saw that that's available on amazon prime i think so right so what, if you yeah. want to watch with us yeah if you want to watch with us hop on Watch the Raven with us. Yeah. Um, new episode for episode four. Yeah. Watch the Raven. Um, yeah. Very excited. This is a new movie for us. Uh, very anxious. Um, <laughs> but we'll see. But uh, no matter what happens in episode four, thank you for watching. But also remember that Caesar died in War of the Planet of the Apes. So there's your last spoiler for the episode. Thank you guys for watching. My name, you guys should have watched those movies already. They're great. So my name is John. I'm the guy who just spoiled the Apes trilogy by Matt Reeves for you. And I'm Grace. I'm the one who always Googles high pitched. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Thank you for watching the Cusack movies with us. Until the next episode, guys, we'll see you later. Bye.